All right, well, here we go. Happy 4th of July. That's the day that this podcast episode is getting released. Happy U.S. Independence Day. And um, how about just a little Debbie Downer and talk about the, <laughs> the, the U.S. economy maybe not being very good. What a topic, honestly. Um, this is something I wanted to research a little bit and figure out what the hell is really going on. Because like, you hear a lot of different things like, oh, the U.S. economy is bad. Oh, maybe it's not. Oh, we're heading for recession. We're already in recession. Oh, inflation is terrible. Oh, this and this. Could we become the next Venezuela? No, all right, that's a little far-fetched. But um, essentially, a, a lot of you know people in the U.S. are talking about how we're not in a good place uh, you know, economically, financially, whatever. And a lot of people, myself included, would argue that being in the middle class, which is, you know, what I qualify as still in the U.S. here, um, is not good right now. And that the, the middle class is weaker than ever financially. And I did an episode on that a couple months ago as well. I can't remember what the title of it was. But uh, I wanted to really look into this a little bit more. And it's, it's such a funny subject, like economics in general, just because I literally, okay, I minored in economics. Now, yeah, this was, you know, 13 years ago, basically, that I, four, 12 years ago that I graduated college um, with a mediocre degree from a mediocre state university. Um, thanks, Mom, for, for financing that. But, um, okay, and so I majored in international relations, minored in economics, um, and I, like, understanding the economy is such a mess. Like I, like I said, I studied this stuff. Now, I don't work in any field related to economics or international relations, for that matter, at this point. But you would think that someone like me would know what he's talking about when it comes to the economy. But sometimes I'm just like, this is still so confusing. I don't understand half of this shit. Like, sometimes I swear that the powers that be, you know, whoever they are, just did this. They made the economy this way just to literally confuse us. There's some, like, the, the financial and economic system is so complicated that I swear they just did it so that none of us can be financially literate because <laughs> I would I would make that argument and I don't consider myself to be highly financially literate even after the limited amount of research that I did to record this episode um, I, like I would argue that 90 some percent of us living in the US and probably elsewhere in the world are just not financially literate we don't know what we're talking about we don't understand the way money works in general um, anyway I swear they, they did that the powers that be did that just to confuse us they, they give us things to well I mean like the stimulus checks maybe which i'll come back to during covid or another example of just like you know us gullible idiots out here being like oh one thousand four hundred dollars is amazing the government is giving me money like like don't you think that there's going to be that's going to come back in some way to not be a good thing i don't know we're just we, we have no idea what we're doing and most of us you know it's like for a lot of us you know especially those of you out there with kids and families it's like what do you have time for aside from doing your job and raising your kids you don't have time to understand how all this stuff works you're just in the system doing the best you can right but they make it so confusing i swear and i don't know how it ever got to the way it is it's sometimes like let me go off on a quick like covid tangent here just to start and just that way the episode gets that blue learn about covid19 tick thing on it but like it's the same way that they did things with the covid statistics and like the death rates and everything because i've talked about covid on this podcast before i'm not like a hardcore conspiracy theorist about it but i do think that the pandemic was definitely overblown um and it's it's like literally you couldn't even figure out the actual number of like just total deaths, for example, globally in 2020, like they would come at you with all of these like, you know, um, well, uh, in this country, the the death rate increased per like they wouldn't even just give you a number. It's like, give me 
a, just a number. How many people died in 2019 versus how many people died in 2020 in the world or in each individual country or whatever, and you can't even get it. <laughs> like, I know that the powers that be know this information somehow, but you can Google it and go down like 20 different of the top, top responses, and you can't find that information. And trust me, I tried to get it. It's very hard to get. You get all these weirdly made formulas that they have for like predicting the increase in total deaths or something like that, and it's just like, what the heck? Give me the answer that I wanted. And like the same thing comes with the economy. Like I'm looking up, I mean, I would argue that consumer price index is one of them. Like I'm looking at, okay, like consumer price index is like a good measure supposedly of, um, you know, the cost of living. And yeah, it's a consumer price index, right? The CPI. Yeah. Consumer price index is like a good measure of the cost of living. Because in part of researching this episode, I was trying to figure out, okay, like is how much higher is the cost of living truly in the U.S., for example, now than it was five years ago, ten years ago, you know, longer than that ago, right? And it's like when you're looking at like the consumer price index, it's like what the heck? Who made this number? Like, I want to know. I want a number, say like thirty thousand dollars versus forty thousand dollars of like how much did it cost to have the average life in the U.S.? I don't want this like index rated out of a hundred that starts at like fifty eight and then goes to 100 and then surpasses when I'm like, what the heck? How am I supposed to measure this? How am, I, how am I supposed to like understand? Essentially, I was doing the math trying to understand whether or not the cost of living has truly increased more than the average salary, okay? Because essentially, I'm trying to think, what did it say? Like the average, okay, like I've got, you know, some stats pulled up here. You know, we've got average salaries, for example, in the U.S., Okay, U.S. median income by year. Now, I think this is, yeah, this is household income. Okay, so like right now, the median household income in 2023 is around like $70,000, $71,000, right? And this is household, so it might include, you know, both partners, whatever, might just include one person. I don't know how exactly they measure it, right? And just full disclosure, because I'm going to talk about my financial situation, and I don't mind like sharing this stuff on here. I don't really care. Like I have a job that, um, you know, a, a corporate job, let's call it, that I make a base salary of about $71,000. We might get a little bonus and then I make a little bit of additional income from my fitness business that I do just a little bit right now. And then also just a very little bit of income from this podcast and a couple other little projects. But like that's that's mainly like what I make is like seventy one thousand dollars plus some change here and there. OK. And so um, and, and by the way, you should also think that I'm pretty cool for stating my income on a podcast. I don't feel like that many people just go around sharing that info to the public, whoever wants to know. But anyway, um, I've never been one that's like cares that much. Like, oh, I'm not going to tell you exactly how much I make, whatever. So, and I just I want to use that number as a comparison for like what life is like because I've said before on this podcast that right now making seventy one thousand dollars feels like what making forty thousand dollars did five years ago in the U.S. And I'm not exaggerating by any means because I believe that's actually about the total income that I made in, say, for example, 2018. That was a time in my life when I just wasn't even, I never really cared that much about money, particularly in my 20s. I just made enough to like to live and to be able to travel a little bit and to learn some new languages. Um, but I'm such a minimalist that I never, I never cared that much about making a lot of money, right? It's just not who I identified with. Um, and so I make like a lot more money now than I did back then. And I save absolutely nothing more whatsoever. And like, I'll talk about a little bit about my situation, but the point is, is that like the cost of living has gone up significantly in the U S over the last five years. Um, and 
it's you know okay people talk about inflation which has gone up i think it's started going back down again recently but you know like the the republicans or whatever my dad and his people he's not the most hardcore republican but, but you know it's all it's all biden's fault right it's all the biden administration oh well that's because of their inflation and these democrats and i'm sure that that's part of it you know whatever i mean who even knows? I mean, I don't think that Biden himself probably hard, has hardly any like say in any of this. He just like does what he's told when he when he gets woken up from his stupor every day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm supposed to respect the president. It's Fourth of July, and I'm not respecting the president at all. But everybody knows that he's not. He's just he's he's out of it. Okay, he's hanging on, and someone else is calling the shots. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, you could blame it on the Democrats. You could blame it on. Biden, quote unquote, in his administration. But I don't know. There's a lot to it. That's the hard thing with the economy, too. There's so many factors and moving parts. You're like, what in the world? But I guess the main thing that I wanted to investigate a little bit is like, is it really, are we really in a poor economic situation? Um, and, and why is it exactly that someone like me, for example, who's basically just middle class and like doing pretty well, like, don't get me wrong, like, my life is good, my life is fine. I like my life, especially the way I live it, based on how how I feel physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually every day. But the other thing to keep in mind, and this is what motivated me to do this episode, is that I am essentially paycheck to paycheck right now, and I don't have savings that would be like, I'm not, not ready for a rainy day. I've had a few rainy days over the past few years, financially speaking, and we can't have another rainy day anytime soon. I'm literally thinking, I'm like, all right, I'm playing basketball tomorrow night. I still play about once a week. Um, I'm thinking like, just don't hurt yourself because you can't afford any more medical bills. Like, yes, I have health insurance, but it doesn't pay. <laughs> like, okay, it'll cover some, but like the bills get so high, it just won't cover like I've got like two ongoing monthly medical bills now. One is a dental bill that's going to be like 170 bucks a month. Another one is a is a, no, a broken nose fix bill that they charged four thousand dollars for that I talked about on this podcast last year. Still paying 200 a month for that. It's like a freaking car payment or a house payment. It's my broken nose medical payment from from last year. It's like the just the bills just pile up. And this is what's crazy about this is like I don't even have a white and kids you know I, I don't I'm a single man who's 34 years old and to be honest I don't spend that much this is the thing that that's wild to me is like I really okay I, I just I don't spend on like random extravagant things that often like to give you an idea what what do okay so what does all my money go to now granted I have a pretty a fairly nice place to live it's by no means like a super luxury place it's a condo which is okay it's an apartment basically um, that I bought um, a year and six months ago with a little bit of help from essentially an inheritance that I got from my grandma thank you grandma love you um, and then you know some money that I put down for a down payment paid a decent down payment on it and so I have the monthly you know mortgage payment or whatever they call it it's kind of different when it's a condo but it's it's the monthly payments on that I do pay for parking because it's in the city so I paid a park in the parking garage here at the building um, then there's of course obviously the phone bill there's the you know the the um, electricity bill there's what the hell else is there that's not included I mean you get it okay there's, there's the basic bills that I have I would say I spend more than the average person on food just because I eat fairly healthy and I eat more than the average person so there's that um, I don't I mean I spend okay fifty dollars a month on a gym membership which is fairly normal um, you know, um, some people don't pay for gym membership. Some people pay up to like 200 here in the U.S., which is ridiculous. Um, 
But so there's that. There's, like I said, there's a few freaking medical bills that I still got going. There's car insurance, things like that. I mean, it's just the standard stuff. It's a standard, you know, guy in your 30s type of bills that you're going to have. But like nothing extravagant. And I'm like, how in the heck is everybody, how are people surviving out here when they're making anywhere near minimum wage? It's like, and, and like I get the fact that, like I said, I have some of these things that, yes, probably do cost a little bit more than the average person. But the point is, is like for someone for me to save, if someone like me can't save anything, that does not speak well for the state of the economy. Now, a couple other caveats, a couple of little things to mention about my own situation here is that I have made a couple. Okay. So I invested in some new furniture recently, not super expensive. I invested in learning to hunt, which meant buying, um, you know, a, a bow for bow hunting. Um, you know, some a few recent, uh, essentially, let's call them things that I spent on, right? Not even like big, huge investments. Um, aside from that, invested in a in a Netflix membership for seven whopping dollars a month. Seven dollars a month, Netflix plus ads, and I don't even have any like TV subscriptions aside from Netflix now. So that seven dollars a month might have me going for bankruptcy pretty soon. But anyway, the point is, it's like I don't really spend that much overall. Okay, and I literally right now I've talked about retirement savings on this before. I don't really believe in the standard. I, I just think the whole retirement thing is kind of a scam sometimes. Like they set you up with this um, the system, at least here in the U.S., is basically, okay, you're going to work till you're around 65, and then Social Security and, and you know uh, whatever income you've saved will probably hold you up until you're like 75 or 80. So essentially it sets you up to kind of work until you're 65 and then probably die between 75 and 80. If you go much past that, you really are not going to have trouble finding the money, in my opinion. Um, and I don't really like that. I'm like, well, okay, first off, let's, let's do the math. There's probably a 30% chance. I'm just being realistic, okay, like the, the way the world works. There might be like a 30% chance that I am dead by the time I'm 65. I'm not being pessimistic. Let's just, let's play the odds here. Okay. Like lots of things can happen in this world. I'm hoping to live much past 65. And here's the thing. If I get to 65, there's actually probably a very good chance that I live a long way past that just because I am someone who takes my health seriously with advances in medicine and health and things like that. Theoretically, we can get living to be a hundred plus very easily. So like the current retirement savings plan, in my opinion, just doesn't set up well for that. So long story short, I have basically, I have zero money right now that goes towards retirement. Most people will take like 6% of their paycheck and send it to retirement. I have zero money going towards it. And and so theoretically, I should have more money just for day-to-day expenses. And I still can't save anything. It's tough out here. It's tough out here, ladies and gentlemen. All right? That's the thing. It's tough out here. And I'm trying to figure out why. Why it's so tough out here. Okay. So, um... Let's talk about what the middle class is in America, because I definitely fall into the category of middle class. Um, and because basically, you know, middle class is, let's see, according to CNBC, Pew Research People or whatever they are, defines middle class as those earning between two thirds and twice the median American household income, which in 2021 was 7,784. So I'm right at the median household income. It means Americans earning as little as 47,000 and up to 141,000 are technically in the middle class. Okay, so we're in the middle class, right? And I, like I said, I've made this big argument that, I, and it, the argument has been made by many other very credible people as well, that the U.S. middle class right now, that, that like the rich poor gap is getting greater. And, you know, the reasons for this, we could talk about 
CEO pay being extremely high. We could talk about inflation. We could talk about the fact that um, just salaries in general, well, yes, while most people's salaries have increased, the cost of living has increased just as much more, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I am a believer that the rich-poor gap is probably greater than it has been at least in a while here in the U.S., right? And um, so, so there's that. And see, part of me is... Especially right now, like there's a big political aspect of this that's related to like the, you know, the, the Biden administration and the current economy, right? Because the, the hardcore Republicans on the right side of the political spectrum will make this argument that like, yeah, oh, well, we're living in socialism, blah, 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 you know, and they're just the Biden administration is ruining the whole economy, which, okay, like I said, I think that that's still a little bit far fetched, right? Um, but obviously, we have had very high inflation rates. Um, I think last year, it might have been the worst. Don't quote me all on that. The interesting thing that I find right now is we actually have very low unemployment in the U.S. as I'm recording this podcast. Now, we had um, like empl- unemployment. Let me see, because where did I have it pulled up here? So the U.S. unemployment rate, um, it was high. Let's see. It got very high like in 2009 after the financial crisis crept from like, it went from like 4.5% in like 2007 all the way up to like 10% by the end of 2009. Then started gradually going down, 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 and then like the Obama lovers are like, oh, Obama did it, and then the Trump lovers are like, oh no, Trump did it, and it's like, well, no, it just like was happening through both of their administrations gradually, and <laughs> like, who knows who actually was the one who like made this happen? But anyway, unemployment was going down, 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 it got down to like you know, three point five percent by right before the pandemic, and then the pandemic made it spike up to like 13, 14% briefly. Then it started going down, down, down. Now it's back down to like 3.4-ish percent. Now, the interesting thing about this, and I had heard this from some other sources, that having a really low unemployment rate is technically not even the best thing, and it actually can be like a predictor of a recession. And I can't remember all the reasons, but it's essentially like, oh, God, like it means, I think that part of it is that a lot of people are employed, um, but not actually okay this is this okay this is not the reason i don't think that it would cause a recession but like i think we're in a situation right now like where a lot of people are employed there's low unemployment okay at least the people that are looking for work most of them are employed but not that many people are happy with their financial situation like this is literally a direct quote where did i see this quote on here it was Okay, yeah. Well, this is just NBC News, right? This is, this is from March 8th, 2023. But the U.S. economy in 2023, most people have jobs, but many are unhappy about their money. And this is like the, I mean, you hit the nail on the head right now, talking about me. Like I said, yes, I have jobs, but I'm unhappy about my money in the sense it's like, why does making almost double what I made five, six years ago feel like I'm making the same thing? It's just, it's wild to me. And like, I... I, I really okay this is going off on like a little bit of like a, a conspiracy theory tangent here but like I said at the beginning part of me thinks that we're all just like gullible little like sheep who are just you know like we get a stimulus check and we're like yay $1,400 um <laughs> And But we don't realize that that's going to come back around, whether it's going to come back around in inflation because then everybody spent, started spending, whatever the case was. Like the point is, is when we're, when we're given money, right, that's not actually good for us typically, if that makes sense. Like we're, we're told all of these things and we're just kind of led around like dumb sheep is the, the way to describe it. And we're just with the herd. We have no idea what's really going on. 
and, and like I said, I fall into this category, and all of a sudden, here we are, you know, a couple of years after getting these stimulus checks, and we're like, oh, why am I making so much more money than I did at the time, and I can't save any of it? <laughs> like, why is life costing so much? What happened? Is it all related to inflation? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, um, God, you know, there, I mean, there's other things that are involved in this, like taxes, interest rates. It's kind of funny, actually, because like I, when I bought this condo uh, a year and a half ago, I actually got like a good interest rate. It was like 3.3 something. I don't know. But like, so interest rates have gone back, I think up a little bit more normal. Don't quote me on some of this stuff. Some of this stuff was, is me researching. Some of it is, is hearsay. Some of it is just like speaking out of my ass off the top of my head from what I remember. Um, but see, like that's another that's another interesting aspect of this. Like, as even as someone who, like I said, minored in economics, like there there are so many different things that go into this. So many moving parts. Like you got you got interest rates. Okay, you got inflation. You got taxes. Right. And like I'm studying, you know, kind of taxes and how tax rates go up. It is kind of funny. Like looking at least from what I understand, um, looking at just like tax rates in the U.S. and how it literally just follows the Democrat versus Republican. <laughs> um, you know, uh, who's president at the time, you know, went down, Reagan made it go down or whatever, then Clinton made it go up some, and then Bush made it go down a little, then Obama brought it up, and then Trump made it, like, it's, God, it's just, uh, it's such a funny country that we live in, and I, I really couldn't even tell you exactly, like, the the whole effect that that has on the economy, but sometimes I'm, I'm just really into this idea that we're all just, like, stupid sheep being led along by some shepherd, a.k.a. the powers that be, a.k.a possibly a mix of governments, um, you know, bankers, lizard people. I didn't say lizard people. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be too conspiratorial. But we're just, we're all in this system where we're just, we have we have almost no power. Like, we have almost no purchasing power. Like, I really think that right now, to make any financial moves in the U.S., to do anything useful with your money or to have any sort of power whatsoever... You need to definitely be making over six figures. You need to be making well over $100,000 a year as an individual, not even as a family, as an individual, okay? Um, you know, family income should be over 150, 200,000. I mean, you know, because there was a time when like making six figures used to be like a big deal. Someone who makes $100,000 a year was thought of as like, you know, even, I remember maybe even five years ago, I really feel like if someone made $100,000 a year, back when I was in my late 20s, I, of the friends that I had at the time, probably less than 5% of them made $100,000 a year. Of other people in their late 20s or even 30s, like $100,000 a year was a big deal back then. Um, now, like you got to be making that if you're doing any sort of saving or investing or anything good with your money. If not, you're just another middle class, you know, paycheck to paycheck person like me. And um, it's it's... It's really, really interesting. Uh, I thought I had something else that I was going to say related to that topic, but it kind of slipped my mind. Um, I just feel like we, <laughs> I don't know, and I, I feel like we need to realize that and see where this is going because um, there's, you know, okay, like some people will make the argument, yeah, they'll say we're headed for a recession here in the U.S., which and some will say that we're already in it. And then, like, some people will, like, use more extreme examples and say, like, is the U.S. headed for, like, a total crash, like a total economic crash? Could we be the next Venezuela or something like that? And, now, okay, that's a bit of an extreme example, and sometimes people will use, um, you know, political arguments 
um, rather than economic ones to talk about this. Yeah, basically saying, you know, I've got articles pulled up here talking about how, remember, Venezuela was the richest country in Latin America, you know, back from, you know, however many decades ago. And then Hugo Chavez went and made things all socialist with social and economic reforms. Everybody believed him. And then all of a sudden it turned into, you know, the situation where it is today, where hyperinflation somehow caused everybody to leave. And the good thing about that is there's a lot of cool Venezuelans that live in Minnesota now that I've met, and I really like them. So shout out to the Venezolanos. Los amo. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So Venezuelans are cool people, like in my opinion. I do like them a lot. Um, but um, and pro- honestly, like probably the reason that they're cool is because they, they, like, they know what it's like. They've been through some rough shit in their country, and they're like, hey, I got a great opportunity here, so I'm just going to enjoy life, whatever it brings for me here. Um, but... You know, there's political arguments that are made here. It's like, okay, how is the U.S. becoming similar to Venezuela? It's like, all right, well, I'm just reading from like, what is this, MidasGoldGroup.com? It's a random website. I'm sorry. But it's like, all right, only the police, army, and certain groups now have guns in Venezuela. And they talk about the U.S. gun law reforms, how they're trying to make it harder for ordinary citizens to get guns, which would then make it easier for, you know, Essentially, it just kind of increases criminal activity and also gives the government too much power, which in a certain way I would agree with. Um, You know, other things, talking about the Venezuelan government printing money, just like, uh, well, you know, apparently the U.S. has been doing. I don't even know all the details. But um, let's see, using gold as currency. There's this one guy here that, like, basically strongly encouraged Americans to buy gold or just get money away from the U.S. dollar. Now... The interesting thing about that is, is like, because I've heard different arguments on this, and it's like, and I have no idea what to speculate, but it's like, the the okay, the U.S. dollar, um, like some people will say that there's no way that the U.S. can truly fall just because of how important the dollar is on the world stage, right? And the interesting thing, here's the odd thing about all this, you know, as shitty as the U.S. economy has seemed to be for certain reasons and with all these inflation problems and purchasing power problems, like, the dollar is strong. I don't think there's any argument about that right now, right? Because everywhere I've gone, you know, comparing the dollar to different currencies, to the reais, to the real in Brazil, the dollar's super strong. I think it's pretty strong compared to all the pesos. Um, I want to say, God, compared to, like, the dollar is doing well. I remember when I was looking compared to, like, the other G7 countries, like, like the dollar is doing well, right? Um and that's what's just wild about all this is like, so how in the heck is the dollar doing so well if we've got all these issues in the U.S.? Once again, just like other questions that the econ minor in me cannot answer. And I'd probably have to read articles for days and days to figure out some of the answers to these questions. But I don't have the, uh, I don't have the mental stamina to do it because I have ADD from using Instagram too much, as I've talked about in an episode a couple of days ago, or was it yesterday? But um, so there's that aspect of it. And I mean, I guess... Like, bottom line, you know, we talk about, like, well, what would happen if the U.S. economy totally crashes or something? Or is it possible? Or is the U.S. economy already dead? Is China the the global superpower now economically? Which you could definitely argue that at this point. Um, You know, all I will say, once again, you can tell that I'm not the total expert on this subject. It's something that I wanted to research a lot. I wanted to get a little bit more answers to why like people like me are having such a challenging financial situation right now, even though it seems like we're making a lot more maybe than we did five, 10 years ago. Um, like a lot, lot more, but we're obviously spending a lot, lot, lot more just because prices have gone up and we don't understand. Um, so, and then just to like, as an overall, 
like big analysis of everything, you know, um, on like a, of a macro analysis. It's like just how bad is the U.S. economy or economic situation? I, I do think that we tend to like over exaggerate and this goes for people on all sides and all political parties with all issues is we tend to over exaggerate things when we think there's a problem, you know, um, when COVID started, people said it was going to be the end of the world. Well, we could talk all about the over exaggeration of that. Right. But people tend to over exaggerate things quite a bit. And this is something that I've noticed just a lot as part of human nature, especially in the last five years is that, you know, and with, with the rise of social media and everything, we see this all the time. We see, um, just exaggeration, just things are being exaggerated so much as far as, um, how real certain problems are. Um, and people love to exaggerate because if it bleeds, it leads. And if it's extremely exaggerated and sounds super scary, everybody's like, oh, my God, I got to follow that and listen to that. And then it's getting more likes and follows and everything. But um, if I had to guess these fears about, you know, the U.S. economy totally collapsing, a major recession, all of us being out on the streets and lined up, you know, for, for food and gas like in Venezuela and other countries. I mean, it's, it's probably unlikely. It's probably unlikely. It's the same thing about these, you know, fears about a nuclear war, you know, probably unlikely. All right. Probably unlikely. If it comes true, nuclear war, and I was wrong, well, I guess it doesn't matter anyway because we'll all be dead and you guys won't even know that I was wrong because you won't, well, maybe you will if you already listened to the podcast. But you get the point. I think that we tend to over exaggerate a lot of things nowadays. And so just be wary of that. I think we're, you know, we're doing all right. My financial situation is not that bad. Neither is yours, probably. I hope not. Maybe you're doing good. If so, you can, you know, give me some tips. But, um, but um, you know, we're doing all right. I mean, the economy's probably going to be fine. Everything's probably going to be fine. Just wanted to throw this out there. Um, and, yeah, hope you learned something. All right. <laughs> I doubt you learned something because none of it that I gave was, like, actual concrete factual information. Maybe some of, like, those unemployment statistics. I don't know. All right. We'll talk again soon. Peace.